the next heading on page three uh, refers us back to uh, the Compensation Commission and explains in the third part of our recommendation uh, what we didn't do and what we left to the Compensation Commission to decide in the framework of acknowledging uh, the mayor and city council members as full-time. And with that, maybe it's better if you all just get a chance to read it with my not talking for a while. <laughs> I, I was going to suggest, um, Patty, on the um, format of the report, would it make sense to just list the votes in the order of these and then have one narrative like has been submitted it, rather than break it up like this? Or, Ellen, what, what is your preference here, just in terms of formatting? Um, I'm, I'm okay either way, and it was, it was designed, it was originally written for one format, but it's easily accommodated to the other format. Um, th the only thing that I think is of great consequence to me is that there are some unifying principles about uh, the nature of full-time service and uh, not inhibiting individuals' public service by unnecessary limitations. Um, and the third... Uh, the third of governing principle is more embedded in the draft, and that's that ultimately these questions are up to the voters. Okay, Ms. Hastings. Um, in taking a look at this recommendation, um, I actually agree with items one and three. I just don't agree with item two. And I know we voted on it as one. So I don't know how. Well, we, we have a full committee tonight, so we can redo our vote. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So then I guess going back to the original question, you would prefer to have these broken up into the break the narrative up into the applicable uh, issue as it is in the draft report. Is that what I'm understanding? Right. Okay. Um, Mr. Chair? Yes. But we have not agendized a vote. Uh, on the uh, committee's recommendations. The only thing that's agendized is the discussion of the final report. I do not believe it would be fairly encompassed within the notice for today's meeting to take a, a revote on the substantive items. Well, I think we'll. Hmm? We don't have to. It doesn't matter to me. Well, I think we'll take the advice of the city attorney, and um, I, I think we need to have a vote on this because there were several committee members absent um, in any event. Um, Dr. Newland. Merits in having the three items more or less separate. Separate, okay. Okay. Yes. So repeat his, his, his opinion just now. Well, I, I think on we, we can do that, Grantland, but it seems to me. No, I just want to know what he said we could and could not do. What was that agenda? I'm sorry. Okay. 
Yes, Mr. Grantland, what we have agendized on in the discussion item that we're talking about right now is agenda item number three, approval of the first supplemental report, including minority reports, with the action of discussion and approval, that is discussion and approval of the report. We had previously noticed on uh, two occasions, the last two meetings, the tentative recommendation and then the final recommendation of the committee with respect to the substantive items uh, in those agendas. So. Uh, under the Brown Act, you have to give fair notice of the actions to be taken by the Brown Act body, and I do not believe the agenda currently lists um, and provides notice to the public that the committee would be taking further vote on its final recommendations. As stated in the report, you're just approving the essentially the textual components of the report and not the votes therein. In my opinion, the the Approval of the final report seems to indicate that that takes into that. Let me just split hairs. I'm yeah, sorry. I do too. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, from a common sense standpoint, I mean, the common person would 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 appreciate the fact that uh, the supplement uh, report does contain the recommendations and the votes that uh, the committee discussed in the previous previous sessions. Uh, we had extensive discussion uh, last meeting. Um, we indicated very clearly, I think, in that, that meeting that we would take this up. Uh, we, uh, we tasked to the chair um, our, our writing group uh, to come up with uh, uh, the wording um, of, the, uh, of, the, of the supplemental report and that it would be placed on, on, on the um, tonight's agenda. Uh, for action by, by the full committee. I just don't understand why in the Brown Act, as I understand the Brown Act, that would not be permissible. Well, it's my opinion that the agenda does not provide notice that the committee tonight has taken an action on, on its substantive recommendations. Rather, what it is approving, and this is the process that the committee had previously approved through the original report um, in its discussion of its process, uh, as well, that there be tentative, tentative decision making, final decision making, and then the substantive meetings were discussion of the form of the report and not the ultimate vote itself. It's just, it is my opinion that the agenda does not uh, identify that the committee will be taking a vote on its recommendations to the council. It's not voting on the recommendations, it's voting on the report itself. And what does the report contain? The report does contain the uh, recommendations that were voted at a previous Thank meeting. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm not an attorney, but I just disagree with the with the, with the council's opinion. That's just a lay no, person's I, I, a lay person's opinion. Uh, I, I just I just don't I just don't buy the accuracy. No 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 offense, all due respect. I just don't buy the accuracy of that interpretation. I agree with that. I think we're splitting hairs. The agenda clearly notices that we're taking action on the final report. I think that involves the recommendations also. Um, that's my opinion. Alan? Uh, Mr. Riak, I, I respect your opinion very much, and I thought about it sitting here, but I guess it seems to me that because we're a committee and because all we can do is recommend, if we were a body that could take actions that were compelling, I think that distinction would have a lot more traction than it does. Um, and because of the very nature of what we're doing, which is advisory only, I guess I'm inclined to agree with 
my two colleagues who have spoken. Okay, any other comments on uh, uh, Dr. Newland? I'm still thinking about it. Oh, okay, you're I'm up. I'm checking to see if we're going to have another meeting before the council meeting. <laughs> uh, we are, as a matter of fact. Uh, is See, that we right? report to the council on the 1st of December. Right, no, I guess That's next Tuesday, and the agenda goes to print tomorrow morning right. at 9 right. a.m. Right. No. So tonight's the night. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, any other comments by the committee? Okay, um, I guess it makes, uh, we're going to take these up um, in uh, sections at this point. Um, so the one, the first section relates to, well, let's, let's start with the document that was passed out by the staff. And it has on page two the background and the final recommendations, full-time mayor, full-time city council. Um, and there's an introductory paragraph there. Is there any, are there any changes to that anybody wants to make? Okay, then Alan, would it be, uh, Dr. Newland? I think it might be helpful to comment just a bit on some of the words. Um, it's really dealing with full-time responsibilities of the mayor and council members. And as written, the report makes a distinction that is crucial, and that is that many roles in life are 24-7 full-time. So, for example, when I was in the military, I was there 24-7. I could also play gigs on my fiddle and earn money uh, by uh, playing at all sorts of activities. I would even take the fiddle to religious services and they would pay me for playing. The other analogy that we use in the report is that of being parents. I know that once one becomes a parent, that's 24-7, at least till the kid is probably 30. And uh, then when the kid gets to be 60, it's just the same in taking care of the parents as I did for 15 years taking care of my father. But although I was 24-7 taking care of my father, I still work usually 12 hours a day doing other work. I've known parents, for example, in that role who have gone off to Iraq for as long as 18 months, but they didn't cease being good parents. I know other parents uh, who are working only eight or nine hours a day, five days a week, in order to uh, support their children. And we need to look at council service in similar ways. Once one chooses to run for this office, and then once one is elected, it's 24-7. But on the other hand, that should not bar a person from continuing in leadership of some nonprofit organization, uh, which probably accounts for the person being elected in the first place, 
or shouldn't prevent an individual uh, like Joe Serna, who is a school teacher, from continuing to do some teaching at school. And those are really the points we're trying to make. Uh, so if you would look, say, at the <clears throat> introductory paragraph on page one, we emphasize that council meetings are not wage hour jobs to be sought to get on the city payroll. Uh, they're just like in the military. They're not wage hour. They're just like being a parent. They're not wage hour responsibilities. They're quite broad. And it's for that reason on item two in dealing with the city council that we recommend that while they are full-time responsibilities, council members, like four of those who currently serve responsibly, might engage in other activities as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure. What I'm trying to find out is in the, in the report itself on page two, there is a background section and a couple of sentences and then a introduction to a final recommendations. Now, Ellen, in you, the introduction in your report in which you list respectfully the CRC, so on, responsibilities, those three, is that introductory paragraph supposed to include, go in here too, or how does that work? You know what, actually, um, I'm going to defer to Dr. Newland on that question just because uh, uh, Dr. Newland reformulated the draft to unite the narrative pieces. Um, the way it was formatted before, and I'm not agnostic on the question, is the part underneath the recommendations one, two, three. The paragraph that starts, these recommendations embrace, uh, was contained underneath the first heading under the first recommendation, as was all of the remainder of the text under responsibilities and outside income of a mayor. And then the uh, text under the second heading was under the second recommendation, and the third recommendation contained the text under the third heading. Um, long story short, um, I'm, I'm not sure if we need, if, if we break it up, if we need that respectfully uh, sentence, but um, that was some input from Dr. Newland, so I'll defer to him on that matter. Three recommendations up in an introductory section was, I assume, council members would want quickly to see what they were without all the long explanations. But if that's confusing, to be sure, you could simply put number one under the first heading, number two under the second heading, and number three under the third heading. Um, okay. Um, back to page two on the supplemental report that was in your agenda packet. Under background, are we leaving the, that sentence alone? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then it says final recommendations, and it says the committee's governing resolution, blah, 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 and goes down to the first introductory section, responsibilities and outside income of the mayor. Should that paragraph be included, or should it be superseded by 
the introductory paragraph in Allen and Dr. Newland's report, beginning with respectively. That's, that's just the basic question of how you want to do it. Seems to me it's appropriate introduction. Okay, so we, what is the, the one? Right under final recommendations. Where the right. committee governing board, governing resolution, right. so, so on. Okay, then after the words, a minority report follows this section, then we go to uh, the responsibilities outside income of the mayor. Under that area where it says the narrative to be delivered, we would simply take um, the language on part one and insert it. Is that what you're suggesting? I'm not. Um, I frankly don't understand why <laughs> what we wrote is not clear. Um, well, I'm just trying to, to ask in the report itself, how do you want to, how do you want to include it? As, from my point of view, we submitted this as the report itself. In short, it has an introductory section in which it lists all three recommendations. See up there on page one? So look on page one of the report that we passed out tonight. It has all three recommendations very clearly stated. And then it has a little introductory paragraph summarizing them. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. So, you, so you're saying that this, the language in this report should supersede this entire language? Yes. Okay, yeah. well that's all, that's all I wanted to know. <laughs> okay, Alan? Okay. Is everybody clear on that? We're talking about... <laughs> we're, yeah, okay. All right, we're talking about this report that was handed out superseding everything that's in the draft that was handed out this in your agenda packet. Is that clear, Patty? So. Okay, so basically take this and, and replace everything that's on page two. Start all yes. over? Okay. Yes. And with the exception, then, we will add the minority report at the, following this. Yes. Okay. Okay, then let's, let's go, rather than dwell on this report that was in the agenda, let's go to the report that was handed out tonight, um, which will supersede anything that was in the agenda packet. Okay. Um, Has everybody had a chance to read this report? Joanne? I had a question about uh, the last sentence of the first paragraph on page two, uh, which starts out, lastly, this recommendation. And uh, my understanding, I, I just want to check my understanding. So as I understand it, what you're saying there is that the uh, compensation commissions uh, should just have authority to look at all uh, the different sources of income. No. Okay. Um, 
As I was reviewing the materials and I looked at the resolution of the Compensation Commission that we had discussed in our prior meetings, and you may recall that prior to the uh, charter change in 2002, uh, the mayor and city council members cobbled together their salaries by various stipends from this meeting and that meeting. Okay. Among the stipends they used to cobble together their salaries were, say, being on the regional transit board or, uh, 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 say, a city county agency. And what the uh, resolution stated was that all of that money would go to the city and then the mayor in that particular resolution would be compensated by a salary. Um, it's a modest clarification, and mm -hmm. frankly, I stuck it in there as an easily edited out standalone sentence, but that's what that refers to. It refers to a very discreet issue. And then I had a, another question about the, the last, uh, the, uh, the compensation commission, the last section. So, um, as I was reading Ms. Hastings' minority report, um, it talks a lot about um, the, the concern that we're going to get a lot, we're going to need a lot of money, to, we're going to need to spend a lot of money to hire these folks. Um, and um, as I understood it, uh, the Compensation Commission is, is the authority to uh, to, to create those salaries, but they wouldn't necessarily have to be uh, greatly increased. Uh, that would be a possibility. So uh, when you say that they're going to make their decision on uh, other local, what other local officials are being paid and that kind of thing, but it also could be that uh, city council members would be paid close to what they're being paid now uh, which is, you know, as a theoretical possibility. I, I was concerned that we not get too far above the, the um, average or medium wage for a family in terms of those um, setting those salaries. I'll just quickly opine it was just meant to be a brief statement on how my understanding of what the Compensation Commission does. Uh -huh. um, it, it, it's intended not to say that much, and I won't attempt to add to it. Uh, Dr. Newell. Yes, on this one, you notice that in our report we don't refer to pay at all. We're talking about responsibilities. The only reference to pay is where we say this is not a wage hour pay up, uh, situation. And in two different places, we're suggesting that council members and mayors wouldn't be running for positions for pay. Um, I would leave it entirely to the Compensation Commission to decide whether the pay should be lower than it currently is due to this great recession in which we're currently caught, or whether it should remain the same or it should increase. I do suspect that some variation in pay may be appropriate. But the key point would be that the mayor should be able to have earned income, council members should continue to have earned income, and as I noted earlier, in many other roles in life, people have 24-7 responsibilities. They don't become parents to make money, 
although a few foster parents may certainly earn it over and over. And by and large, in the military, uh, most of us didn't enter it to make money. Uh, we were there in order to provide public service. And from watching our council members, most of them are also. I know that two of them run nonprofits. I can't imagine that we would expect them to uh, stop doing that. Uh, I can remember occasions when a council member from Texas could fly up to New York City at his own expense and in five hours in a day transfer millions of dollars of revenue bond money into a higher paying interest account, thereby making millions of dollars. We have council members with that capacity currently serving. It's not a matter of counting their hours. It's a matter of counting their value added. And many people do that in different ways. We need those diverse differences. But again, I don't think the CRC needs to get into questions of pay and hours. It's not that sort of a job. Mr. Tapia. Mr. Chair, I have a couple of formatting and technical changes uh, to the majority report. Should we go through those now, or do you want to wait to another point? That's what we've been discussing so far, Chris. We might as well get into it. Sure. <laughs> um, first one, um, first page, last paragraph, second sentence. Um, it says, currently, some potentially exemplary candidates are not able completely to divorce themselves Blah, blah, blah. I think it would be better if it were worded, not able to completely divorce. So moving the two ahead of completely. Is that? That would be a split Is that? That's, that's the way I talk, so maybe I, just, maybe I talk funny. Sorry. Um, the, also, on, that, on the last um, few words of that um, paragraph, uh, in italics, we have only full-time politicians. Um, I'm wondering if perhaps we only ought to have the word only in italics. Um, otherwise, we might be calling more attention to the fact that these are politicians. And I just think I think maybe the word only is being the only thing in italics. We, that appears also um, elsewhere on the third page, the first line of the third page. Uh, so um, where does that appear again? Third page of the top. Third page? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. That's good. Um, and then on the second page, I circled another one, but I'm a little afraid to <laughs> put it forward. I think it's another split infinitive that I would be causing. So I'll skip that one, see if someone else catches it. Uh, <laughs> but on the third paragraph, um, this, it's a single sentence. Um, is that the fourth to the last word? Should that be, should it have one O in shoes? Is that chose or choose? Um, so as not to alter the terms under which the voters chose the existing mayor, is chose, C-H-O-S-E? So there's one too many O's. Um, 
I'm not sure which. It could be either past tense or present, but I believe it as it is. Okay. Present tense. Fair enough. Um, all right, I'm going to ask about this one then. Um, one, two, three, four. On the fifth paragraph, the second to last sentence, on any given day, a council member can easily be expected to be attending meetings and functions. Should that be to attend meetings and drop the word be? Expected to attend meetings and functions beginning? We should vote on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fine. I don't know. Um, to, to attend? Yeah, to yeah, attend that's meetings. that's probably better. And then finally, for a question for the, the uh, drafters of this. The, the last sentence of the recommendation, um, it's not quite clear to me what, what the goal of that sentence is. If, if you could perhaps explain... It's the last pay, last sentence of the of the recommendation. In short, the issue. I think it's particularly the part after the hyphen, not for official pay, but for responsible leadership via Sacramento City Service. That part it kind of throws me off. I'm not quite following uh, what you're trying to say. If you could just clarify, maybe. the very last sentence in the recommendation. What it's seeking to say as in the case of the current mayor and council members, uh, we would expect individuals to be running not for the pay they get for the job, but rather to provide service to the city of Sacramento. So in short, the issue is how to attract highly accomplished individuals of sustained integrity to serve as council members and mayors not for service to make the pay, but rather for responsible leadership. Uh, let's see, it might be that I could word it a little bit better. Probably leave it the way it is, but if it's not clear to others, then it shouldn't be rewritten. Maybe I'm just reading things funny today. That's fine. So, you okay with that, Alan? Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to um, request or ask um, two absent members, um, Mr. Wisham and Mr. Uh, Taylor were absent at the last meeting. In your approval of this report this evening, would you like to have your votes um, reflected as either an I or an A? John? Yes. Oh, you mean which way? Which way? <laughs> in, in voting for the report, That's how would you I be voting? School people used to go, do you bring your lunch or buy it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I. It will be an I vote. For all recommendations? Yes. Okay. Mr. Wisham? Yes, I. Okay. We will change those votes in the report to that makes 10. Now, Ms. Hastings, you indicated you would vote differently. Yes, I would vote yes on one and no on the other. 
Okay. Without objection, well, Ms. Thomas? Oh, I want to go back to the wording. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I punched up, but you didn't see me. I, my oh, only, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just actually, picking up on what Chris said, and it, where it says only full-time politician, I just thought we should take the word only out because it is kind of dismissive of those who choose to be only time, full-time politicians. So can we just take that word out? Would you guys accept that change? No. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Anybody want to respond to that, Dr. Newell? The reality is that they are full-time politicians. Yeah, that's why we should take out only. No, and it should stay. Uh, we don't want them to be only full-time politicians. Some might run some not-for-profit foundation, a great city. Uh, others, in addition to that, they'll be serving on the council, not always taking political shots. Well, I, I think I, we agree. That's why I think you should take only out. So, Well, but if we take the only out, then it would be do not choose to be full-time politi full politicians. But whether they choose or not, if they're on the council, they're going to be full-time politicians. We don't okay. want it to be only that, however. We want them to lift the spirit of the city in other ways. Okay. Again, to use the examples I noted earlier, if a person's <laughs> created a great engineering firm or has become a good school teacher like our former mayor was, uh, they could continue that. But goodness, Joe was always a full-time politician. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. I'm just thinking the word only makes it sound like those who... We don't also have a job or sort of less stature, and I don't. I don't think we're trying to portray that. That's you know. I know what you're trying to say, but I know how they might read this. Yeah. What well, can I suggest? The word exclusively. I was going to suggest solely. Okay. Either one yeah. of those. Yeah, either of those words would be excellent. Exclusively, I like. Yeah. We'll give one to Ms. Thomas and go for exclusively. How about that? <laughs> Thank you. Big win tonight. <laughs> so, okay. So the votes on, on these things will be reflected as 11-0 on the first, 10-1-0 uh, on the second, and 11 zero on the third. Is that correct? Okay. Now, are there any other changes? Okay, could we have a motion with those changes approving? Oh, apologize. Sure. sure. I, Mr. Newland, I just wanted to ask one question about the discussion that we talked about about military service. If I were a tenured professor at California State University and I volunteered for the United States Army for, full, for active service, would I be required to, A, sever my employment relationship with California State University, and, B, would I be able to teach a class uh, now and again while I was on full-time active military service? Well, as far as I know, if one enters military service under those conditions, their job is protected uh, in the state university. And I know it is in my private university where I teach as well. Um, on the other hand, uh, I can think of cases where people are in full-time service, even in places like Baghdad, and they'll still be teaching a class on the side. Let's face it, I finished half of my undergraduate college degree 
through University of Wisconsin Extension Service. So wherever I was in any part of the world, I would be fighting the war 10 or 12 hours a day and studying half the night to finish all those papers for University of Wisconsin. And I know good and well we continue to have folks doing that sort of a thing. Probably my best teacher back in those days was a young lieutenant. Uh, and he was a full-time lieutenant. I was teaching night school. And I know of people who currently do that. In short, military people are allowed, uh, so long as they're not in conflict, to do some other services along the way. The only point I wanted to make is, undoubtedly the analogy casts city council members in the highest esteem. But given that the core question we were discussing was uh, prohibitions and outside income, I just want to make sure that the analogy doesn't confuse the message in that regard. Yeah. And it may be people can think of other exceedingly well-known 24-7 responsibilities other than being parents or other than being in military service. Um, it's just those are the two that I thought are best known. Okay, anything else on the report? Okay. Yes. Uh, moved by Mr. Murphy, second by Ms. Thomas, that the report with those changes be approved. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. We have somebody who wants to speak. Jim Hastings. Jim? Too late. Come, come on up here. <laughs> sorry, Jim, I didn't see your That's speaker. That's quite all right. It's not uncommon to be overlooked. <laughs> I try not to do that. I know. I would suggest maybe there's some other words you should consider taking out. You have some qualifying words, such words as nonprofit and not-for-profit, as if they were being evangelized in some way. All business is business. We have three nonprofits in this city that, are, that have 30,000 employees who pay competitive salaries, who work hard. We have as many ordinary businesses, corporations, doing the same thing. You're not anglicized because you're not for profit. There are some that are not in a competitive business, but there are many that are. And I think when you say you start putting in non-profit and, profit and family business, you're qualifying it. And I don't think you should do that. Okay, where, where specifically are you talking about? <clears throat> I'm talking about on page, I'm talking about page one, under responsibilities and outside mayor, you get the last one, it's teaching medicine. We're getting into qualifying here. You're putting into law specifics that don't belong there. If you're working for a living, it's much better than trying to put in every doggone occupation you could have. Medicine, performing arts, law, nonprofit, and business enterprise. Great Scott, how many more are there? Thousands. Why don't you just say, you can work outside? <laughs>
I mean, you've qualified it to the point where some lawyer is going to say when they read this, well, you don't have a job, Mr. Mayor, in a nonprofit business, or you are not a musician, therefore you can't do this. I don't think you want to qualify so much. Next, on the next paragraph, you talk about you go from no manager to a family business. But not a corporation, not an enterprise. <coughs> we changed it again. I'm sorry the, the attorney for the city didn't have a more sway over getting the words right before you pass it. On the next page, you go under responsibilities and outside incomes of council members, and you say, these offices are inescapably <coughs> full-time. The great state of Texas in Austin has six part-time, and they're bigger than this city. They have a part-time mayor. What do you mean inescapable? That may be your judgment, but I don't think you ought to make it. It is escapably possible that giving them more time to make a decision will make it worse, not better. <laughs> more dithering and more dribbling. While we try to get to an answer, it's not going to make it better. I don't know much about military. I was in the Marine Corps. But I know something. <laughs> I know something about chickens. You walk in a chicken house, and I, it's like every time I sit on a board somewhere, I look at myself as being in a chicken house, and somebody's going to look under me to see if there are any eggs there. Because when I walked into a chicken house, all those chickens look busy. But when you put your hand under them, a whole lot of them didn't have any eggs under there, but they were busy. Be careful what you elect here. I think you're getting too specific, and I wish you'd back off and make it more open. If you're going to let them work, for God's sake, let them work for something other than a nonprofit, or other than being a musician or a teacher. Let them, with their work, making a living, let them work. Sorry, guys, but I think you moved too fast. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Is there anybody that wants to respond to that? I, I guess I, I have a different impression reading the majority opinion. I, I understand what Jim's saying, but I, I think he's disagreeing with the substance here, not necessarily the language. But um, Dr. Newland. The examples are presented only as examples. In short, it says from many fields, including, but it doesn't say excluding all of the others. Right. Um, as for the nonprofit, I'm employed by the biggest employer in all of Los Angeles. It's a nonprofit organization. It's a private university. Goes through some five billion dollars a year, and it's strictly nonprofit. Um, so, but the key point really is it's including these. And the reason that they were put in is those were the specific examples that were discussed at the last meeting. But that's not excluding others at all. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would also point out that uh, with the same phenomenon in Sacramento, I mean, hospitals, for example, are many of them are considered, in fact, most of them are considered not non-profit and not-for-profit. And, 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 I, and I would argue that that's a distinction in some cases for me without a significance because they function as if they're for profit. 
but they enjoy the uh, the same rights as uh, what we would traditionally call a community-based uh, nonprofit organization. You know, and uh, no, I, I I think the chairman and and, and is, is correct. I think the uh, uh, the difference of opinion here is, is over substance and not the examples. And I think the examples should not be um, uh, given more more emphasis than they they deserve. Mr. LaFossa. Mr. Hastings, I just wanted to show great respect for your sensitivity to drafting, but point out that this isn't legal language, and just to underscore the very high esteem we hold Mr. Ruyak in, if the City Council adopts our recommendations, uh, Mr. Ruyak will get to be in the driver's seat of drafting them, and we'll all be, uh, he'll be in his seat, and we'll all be in the audience with you. Um, so Mr. Ruyak will get his... Uh, will get his uh, say on the language if, in fact, it ever goes forward. Hey, I, may I point out also, thanks for responding. It is the people you influence on your way that worries me, not to come out after the lawyer gets it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we had a vote on this, and I think we're done um, with item number three. Let's move to item number four, committee discussion regarding positions, issues, following committee sunset. Um, it seems to me that, that on this item, we've got a couple of options. Um, one is the sunset itself, either on January 19th when we submit our final supplemental report or the 26th, whichever comes earlier. Uh, to allow that to take place, or do nothing would allow that to take place. Uh, the second option would be a recess until after the election, but maybe continue research and attending meetings and so on, but not conducting public meetings or receiving testimony. And the third is to continue our work either in a modified way or um, – as we're doing now with the public meetings and so on. Um, Ms. Hastings passed out a proposal that she would like to make, and at this time I think um, we should entertain that, Cecily. Um, the proposal that I've got here uh, is to extend, I estimated, three to four meetings um, that would, would occur immediately when we're finished with our making our other recommendations, our final recommendations. And, and that is to ask the City Council to uh, expand the scope of our, um, of our work to include um, reviewing the City's district representation, political structure, and I think that that has come out of the fact that as we've been reviewing these benchmark cities and taking a, a really kind of a brief overview in a many a different subject area of looking at other cities and how they operate, there, that seems to be an area that w is vital to charter review that is just being completely ignored here. And, and I'm not saying that when we were given our original charge, that was purposely left off. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I didn't even realize the importance of it until actually we went through this process. And um, so I think to 
in order to really qualify our committee of having completely reviewed the charter, I think it's necessary for us to do that. Um, I think I'd prefer to do it immediately when we're finished as opposed to waiting uh, until after the June election because, frankly, I think these issues um, are something that need to be considered by voters whether they're, when they're looking at a strong mayor initiative and or possibly another um, uh, ballot measure put by the council to uh, change the mayor or add to the mayor's responsibilities. Um, and I think that during that decision-making process by voters, having an understanding of what some other options are that could potentially change the... Um, you know, how the city's political structure is, I think that it's better for people to understand that that's, that's another option. Just changing the mayor's role isn't the only thing that will make a positive, potentially a positive change for Sacramento. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'd like to get a sense of the committee as to where you are on, number one, should, should we simply recommend that the sunset take place, should we recess, should we maybe do a modified version like Cecily's recommending or continue our business or exactly what would you think you'd want to recommend to the city council? Tina? Uh, I think we should continue looking at issues and reviewing issues and studying issues and then, you know, we can continue working towards, um, you know, another set of recommendations because we really are just scratching the surface with what we've done in the past. So I have no qualms, problems with us, you know, continuing to meet despite the fact that there's an election set in June. Okay. For full disclosure, I'm going to be out January and February um, it's on medical leave, but um, I, I think that uh, the rest of you can carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tina. John, what, what do you think? I would agree with what Tina just said. I like the, the subject matter, Cecily, which you put out, but I think to keep it moving uh, up to the election time and, and beyond is, is a good move. I think it gives uh, is an explanation of all the two of these matters still being studied. Okay, Chris? Um, I, I, I take a different tact. Um, I think um, our committee has given the council a lot to chew on, and um, I think we've stirred up some very healthy public debate, and I think I we should. Um, I think we did our job, and um, I think uh, we should let that kind of run its course. Uh, I'm in favor of letting the sunset take take effect. Um, uh, and I've it's just my own personal situation it will have changed uh, it, just in the time that. Uh, since I was appointed to this committee to the time that we'll have turned in our final report, um, the idea of expanding my own family will have gone from a twinkle in my eye to a reality. Uh, just goes to show you what you can do in nine months. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'll have a newborn by Christmas, and so um, it would not be my intention to continue on this committee um, after January. That was a little bit too much information. <laughs> I was trying to be careful in how I worded that. You, you, did, you did that very well. I, I was tempted, Mr. Chair, to ask you if you knew how long. <laughs> but I figured, nah. Thank you for not asking. 
<laughs> Dr. Newland, what do you think? I've studied this topic that Cicely raises, and I agree it's important. Uh, I really would hesitate to see the group try to meet much beyond January, February, because certainly by March, April, May, this city is going to be extremely busy. Um, if the council were to invite us to meet for one or two weeks beyond the present deadline, uh, some topics could be discussed, but I really do think it's going to get difficult. So you would be in favor of a recess or just l I'd, allowing the sunset to take place? I'd probably let the sunset occur, but um, I have respect for the council, and it's closer to the reality than I probably am. Okay. Um, Mr. Murphy. Well, I probably would prefer a recess. Um, I, I'm torn here because I think Chris said it right. I think uh, whether or not it was intended, uh, a review of the charter on whatever subjects has created some healthy debate and uh, look at systems in the city. And I think that's a very valuable exercise, whatever the outcome. And uh, for that reason, I really hate to see the commission just sunset. Whether we're really going to be able to accomplish something in the short period between uh, January and June remains to be seen in my mind, just for the reason Dr. Newland. And so I guess if I push to it, I'd rather ask them not to let the sunset go and to recess for a period of time. Uh, Jay? Um, I like these, uh, what you wrote, Cicely, I think uh, they, they should have a lot of consideration with the, uh, with the committee, and I don't see a big deal with uh, three to four weeks after if, if the council allows that. Um, that being said, I also wouldn't be sad to see the sunset occur, um, but I would like to see this thing through. So. It's not really an answer, <laughs> but I but I do uh, I, I would like to uh, discuss these topics. That Cecily has so out. Uh, your opinion is we probably ought to continue yes. with permission of the council yes. uh, on a modified basis. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Joanne. I would like to hear more about the specifics of what people are talking about when they say continue or not, how many meetings would be required, that kind of thing. I would note that there are several people that are not going to be able to continue, so I, I'm not sure we, we would be really continuing um, with the number of people that are saying they need to, to, uh, to not be active in this way. <clears throat> okay. Cecily? You, we have your opinion. You think we ought to continue it in a, mod a modified way. I think. Yeah, I see it, you know, really maybe an extra month, maybe five weeks, just depending on how we can work out the schedule. Just focused, follow the kind of routine we've set up for tackling subjects, looking at benchmark city matrices, maybe bringing in people. I don't, I would be happy to volunteer to do some research on some specific cities and, and Taking a look more in depth on my own time to bring that in because I think it's a, I think it's a, a big issue. 
I think it's a bigger issue than the changing the mayor's job in many ways. And it's, I feel really like we've, this one just hasn't gotten the, the weight of, of what it could mean to our city. I think it's something also that really affects individuals in uh, the districts to a greater extent than what uh, um, necessarily even the mayoral structure. We didn't get a lot of, you know, huge turnout at the town hall meetings because we were talking about what was happening at the top of City Hall. And this is the thing that most affects people who are involved in issues in their community. And I think we, while we don't have time for a whole series of town halls again, I think reaching out to people and, you know, I think people in neighborhood associations in particular, would this would be an, a subject that they would want to become involved in and share their feelings about this with. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Johnson. Um, I, I'm really conflicted here, um, and I'm candidly doubtful if the committee should continue beyond the sunset date. Um, in any event, uh, I would not be in a position to continue on the committee beyond the sunset date. I have other, other endeavors. Um, but overriding, um, it's not clear to me um, that uh, the council has articulated a substantial resolve to be serious about looking at the charter in any substantive way. Um, and my, in, my, my, my intuitive sense is that it would be better to allow the election to occur in June on the mayor's proposal to see what happens. If it passes, then certainly that creates a different uh, landscape and a different set of rules. If it doesn't pass, it, 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 it creates a different dynamic um, and a uh, different set of expectations uh, possibly will emerge. And, and maybe um, uh, the conversation at the, at the level of the council with the policymakers would, would be altered and their attitude toward a uh, more systematic, more thorough, more um, a deeper look at the charter and various related issues stemming from that review uh, would be more possible. In the absence of that kind of impetus, uh, I'm not convinced that uh, um, uh, a, uh, uh, a real effort, a diligent effort on the part of this group uh, to look at uh, even the issues that are laid here on, and, and laid out in, uh, in Cecily's uh, memorandum uh, will be entertained seriously by the council. I don't see a level of seriousness there that would suggest to me that it would be worth worthwhile uh, endeavor. Uh, I don't see receptiveness and I don't see the leadership, period, uh, frankly, um, um, uh, at the level of the council or the mayor's office. Uh, I think uh, in many ways, um, yes, our contributions have been helpful. I'm reminded of uh, one council member's suggestion that uh, the number of people that we attracted to these uh, uh, town hall meetings was not significant. I would just point out that the amount of time it takes someone to come to a meeting, to make a decision to come to a meeting at night, spend an hour and a half or two hours, engage in, in dialogue, is a lot more extensive and substantive and requires a greater commitment than signing a petition in order to get someone out of your face 
uh, at a shopping center. So, you know, I mean, that is reflective of, to me of a lack of seriousness, the part of the, a part of the council uh, to entertain um, any real substantive look um, uh, at the charter at this point. I think until the dynamics politically change, uh, I'm not convinced it's, uh, it's an endeavor that will have much traction and have much impact. Thank you, Grantland. Uh, Mr. Rufasso. Um, I share the conflict that some of the others are thinking about. I will say I support extension in concept. Um, and I agree with what others have said about we've, I forgot the words, shaken the debate or had some influence on it. But I think it's really important to get some perspective that we are not the center of charter debate in this city. And the center of charter debate in the city is an initiative put forward by one individual who has the resources to capture the focus of the city. And if there is interest in continuing a, a real debate, notwithstanding that rather polarizing dynamic over the charter that's, that is going to exist until June 8th, uh, then I think we should avail ourselves of the opportunity. The question is, can we? And I, I, I think it's our, our right and duty to try. Um, I think some measure of seriousness on the part of the council to put us in a better position to engage the public to improve the quality of our work product, I think would be for the uh, city council to reconstitute us as a commission and actually give us the authority to draft charter language and do the things that would be called for into that law. Um, the bottom line is I think given what we were uh, created to do, um, we did a very good job and we resisted being uh, unduly influenced by the broader political dynamic we've, we were created in. And we, and we, we, we gave an honest, evidence-based product. Um, to the extent that there's any limitations we've had, it's because of the dynamic by which we were created. And as you're well aware, the most uh, serious criticisms we faced is that we didn't create that elusive executive mayor alternative to that group who wanted that. And that's because that was not the foregone conclusion by which we were created, and we didn't we didn't do it. But the, I, I, if, you get, if you take us out of the alternative to the strong mayor initiative box, I don't think the council is quite clear what they want us for. And if they, if they want to constitute us as a commission or they want to give us some additional resources to do that focus group we talked about on May 18th that we never got a chance to do, um, I think there's some uh, worthwhile things we could do. Um, and again, I support uh, extension and concept, but I think there are some serious challenges. And my last two comments are, I'd like to add two subject matter areas to the list that Ms. Hastings proposed. Um, there's a lot of uh, sort of, we're still searching for the elusive problem and still banding about solutions. Is it executive mayor? Is it at-large council members? What is the problem? Is the problem parochialism? Is the problem that there's a conflict between neighborhoods and downtown? What is the problem? We still haven't figured that out. 
But just so we can be a little bit more comprehensive, um, I know that uh, somebody told me at one point the idea of neighborhood councils along the lines of Los Angeles had been once discussed, and I think that's something to take a look at, especially if we're going to contemplate at-large council seats. Um, and I think we also should do something um, in light of the fact that so many of the unstated half-problem statements are about land use and development that maybe we ought to try to do something that uh, uh, discusses the role of the city in the context of a region and, and grapple with the fact that the government of the city of Sacramento was not the only significant local government in this area. But anyway, uh, uh, neighborhoods and, and, and regional, uh, regional perspective are the two issues I would add to Ms. Hastings' list. Okay. Um, Ms. Hastings? Uh, I want to um, totally agree with, with what Grant Lynn said about the lack of seriousness to, on the part of the council to take a substantial, substantive look at the charter. I, I too, have noticed that. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. But, you know, charter review is dead on June 8th. Okay? If the strong mayor initiative passes, that's it, guys. <laughs> that's what we're going to have, and there's going to be no more charter review. If it loses, well, the pressure's off, and it's going to be back to business as usual for the council. So I think, while I agree that, oh, why go spend this extra time on something that they're disinclined to show any interest in, I take just the opposite approach, and that is, do the, let's do the work, let's, let's study these situations, and hand it to them. Let them drop the ball, but at least we're not dropping the ball. Even if they, 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 they we ask them to, you know, give us the, these extra, the extra time and take a look at these issues, let them say no. Don't, they don't want to hear it, but at least we've made the offer that we're willing to do it and that we recognize that a complete review of the charter includes looking at these obvious issues. That's, that's kind of my point here. At any step of the way, we're probably going to be turned down. I just hope that you don't turn it down tonight, okay? <laughs> Let them turn it down, and if they do, maybe they won't. Who knows? But they're definitely going to turn it down if we decide tonight we're not willing to give them any more information on this. Thank you. Okay. Um, my own opinion is that I – oh, Ms. Fuller? I just wanted, uh, wanted to add the question of what process we would use to add additional uh, concepts that we would want to study. Um, I assume we won't make that decision tonight because no, we we're, even, we're discussing yeah. that tonight. But but at some point, probably at our December meeting in which we present the report that we just decided, they will ask the question. And at this point, the answer is we have no recommendation at this point. We've discussed it. The committee is divided it, uh, as to what to do. Um, and that would be the answer on December 1st. So I would think our, you know, when we submit our second supplemental report, we'll have to have a recommendation as to what we do at that time. 
I, I would think. My own uh, position, just so you know, is, is that I probably the only time I've agreed with Mr. Tapio, but I think we ought to let the sunset take effect. Um, okay. Um, obviously, we're divided on this, although I think there are, if I can summarize, uh, and please help me out here, um, for those folks that are wanting to that let the sunset take place, I, is Tapio, myself, and Grantland, are you in that category? Okay. Um, then I heard uh, a recess until after the election was Dr. Newland and Mr. Murphy. Is that fair? I think my position, as I thought I stated it, was it might stretch for a week or two beyond the current sunset, but that it would sunset at that time. In short, I can't imagine trying to keep this alive following mid-February. Uh, we okay, well, that's a, a, an extended sunset of some yeah. sort. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'm probably persuaded to change my thought to the sunset. Oh, okay, so I'll... When we talk about sunsetting, then we'll talk about sunsetting early, as in the January, February time frame. All right. Okay. Then I would add uh, Newland and Murphy to that group. Then the other group is to continue either on a modified basis, as Cecily talked about, or continued basis, as maybe. Uh, uh, Taylor and uh, uh, Thomas agreed. And Joanne, I'm not sure where you are. <laughs> uh, so my points are that uh, to talk about continuing is not um, it's not the, really what's going to happen because a lot of people are saying they can't continue. So. Um, it, it, it wouldn't be continuing with this group uh, past however much time people can uh, give that have said that um, they can't give more than uh, what we discussed earlier. <clears throat> well, I, I think what would happen is those people who cannot continue <coughs> would resign and that, that if the council wanted to committee to continue, they would be replaced. Mm -hmm. And if, if you're in that camp, then you would be with Thomas, Taylor, and so on, mm -hmm. to at least continue. And, and the other, my other question was, um, what additional things besides the three things that have been, you know, would, it, would we throw open uh, the number of issues that we could discuss? We've, we've had three suggested tonight. Uh, would we be able to go ahead and open that up and talk about other well, things? Well, the council, the, yeah, it would be based upon our recommendation. Okay. We would recommend this, and the council would would have to approve it, mm -hmm. revise the resolution. Mm -hmm. If they do, that would be it. Mm -hmm. Cecily has, has said that her, her idea would be to focus on the issues that she uh, listed in her report. Mm -hmm. Alan added a couple to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, there may be others, but that would depend on where we are. 
So, so you are where? Uh, I, I, I think we could, as a group, uh, go a little bit further than January. Uh, I, I also am in the position of probably not continuing uh, much past that. Uh, okay, so you are in the immediate modified continue or modified continue, right? Like yeah. Cecily is. Mm -hmm. All right, so we got a six-five vote at this point. Not exactly overwhelming, as I understand it. Is that clerk? Have you kept track of that? Okay. Um, I guess we'll have to put this on for further discussion, Patty. <laughs> And at that point, I think we need to kind of formulate, it looks like um, a slight majority of the members want to continue on a modified basis or full-time basis, and I think we ought to have some sort of a report that reflects that so that we can talk about it in the next agenda. And in the meantime, those committee members who have subject matters to be discussed uh, would forward those to Patty. Now, I would think one of the things, although, uh, where does this cleanup issue fit in? Are you, have you been asked, Matt, to do this yourself and keep the committee out of it? Is that the way I understood it last time? To do. Which cleanup? Well, you remember we talked about at the council meeting the issue of the cleanup items, uh, and Councilman Cohn asked, said that the committee could look at that, or maybe we should just have the city attorney give us a list. Remember when he was saying that? What? What? My interpretation of uh, Councilmember Cohn's comments were that the city attorney would come back and provide a okay. general so, list. Okay. Of, of okay. Basically, the things that we had already discussed back in August, I believe. Right. So, so at this point, the committee doesn't have to deal with that issue, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, Patty, can can you do that? Well, may I ask if we could potentially bring this to the second meeting in December because this is a short week because of the holiday, and so. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, if yeah. We could the, our report. That. Our report wouldn't be going back. On this issue until our in second January. supplement. Yeah. Right. Sure. So, because otherwise the agenda for next week's meeting, which is December 3rd, has to be posted on Monday. Yeah. And that's we've fine. got a short week. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Thank you. What are we going to be talking about on the 3rd? Uh, we were thinking we'd go back and start having more of a, a specific discussion about the Ethics Commission. And um, because you've had a lot of discussion, I think, around the voter issue. So we were going to focus on Ethics Commission on the 3rd, do wrap-up on whatever happens with the City Council on December 1st. And then at the second meeting of December, we could bring this and bring the um, uh, incident voter um, item and then start doing decision-making because I think after that, we just have two meetings in January to do the final draft final report and the final report. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the instant runoff voting because at last meeting we had a voluminous amount of material submitted that seemed to um, suggest that 
um, this wasn't a good idea, as opposed to the other testimony that we had that it, it was a good idea. So I'm not, that's going to be, I would think, a fairly volatile, controversial issue, or at least one that will involve a lot of discussion. Mm -hmm. Mr. LaFaso. Uh, teeing right off of that, which is the instant runoff voter issue, I, I think it might be good for us to have a bit of a refresher soon. Um, and the two reasons that come to mind are, one, I believe some things have happened since we discussed the issue, and I believe some counties' systems have been certified by the Secretary of State since our meeting. Um, I believe I read recently that San Francisco's has, and uh, this is a hot issue in uh, Oakland's mayor's race, and mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot. Two, um, I think our focus on the IRV issue was very fiscally oriented, and I think that's very appropriate. But I think one opportunity we might want to avail ourselves of is to think about the policy side and the fiscal side separately. Um, and I think there's some additional fiscal, excuse me, policy aspects of the um, issue that we scratched the surface on. One was the claim that it increases voter participation and makes it easier to run for office, which I don't think was substantiated. But there's another side of the coin, and this has been alleged again in Oakland, that voters don't understand how it works. And I think some testimony or information or, or on, on how voters understand IRV would be something that we haven't talked about yet that I'd like to hear more about. Okay. We'll, we'll probably have some speakers maybe come back again for the refresher who are more expert in the field than... We are, and we'll work with uh, Shirley on getting those folks here. Probably the second meeting on December 14th, I think, is the date of the second meeting. Okay, Mr. Johnson. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, this, this is an example of, of my frustration. Um, when um, I was one of the persons who proposed that we look at IRV, mm -hmm. I'd also want to look at proportional representation because I thought that this question of expanding the ability of people to participate and to have a greater diversity of views reflected in the elected body is important. It's important to me personally as a, as a fundamental value. Uh, and am I convinced that the current system does that with the winner take all district? But I yielded to the fact that I thought that one uh, complexity made it very difficult for this body, a committee, not a commission, to grapple with it. With short, and I thought that the timetable we had last initially was too short. Um, and, and what we have now is, is, is ridiculously too short, uh, which is why I'm not, I'm not prepared to propose it. I'm even reticent to have a serious discussion about IRV because I think it gets short shift given this timetable. Uh, and I think, it, I think that uh, it is complicated because it's so different uh, from what we're used to. But I would also argue that from a substantive standpoint, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it won't make a difference. I think it will make a difference. Uh, and um, um, my, uh, my desire is to, again, increase the amount of participation on the part of people in the democratic electoral process. And I, I, I think that uh, this community, as well as other communities, have tilted so far in the opposite direction uh, that uh, many, many, uh, interest, many interests in individuals are simply frozen out of the process because of the structural impediments that exist. Um, and if you have a lot, you're great. If you don't have a lot, you're SOL. 
uh, you know, a substantial out of luck. Um, uh, that's another reason why I'm skeptical that it's worthwhile pursuing much more because I just don't see the receptivity at this point in time. Uh, I mean, people can conjure up the need to fix stuff that we have identified that needs fixed that's broken. But when it comes to the whole question of looking at this notion of democratic, expanding democratic participation, I don't see a whole lot of receptivity here. And I might be, I don't think I'm just engaged in hyperbole. I think that is indeed a clear line of, 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 of division around the way in which these issues are being framed. Um, the other concern I have is that um, I'm not satisfied with our discussion around ethics. To only use one framework, the Ethics Commission approach, I think is a mistake. I think there are a lot of issues that we need to look at in terms of the questions of ensuring that we have an ethical process. We have safeguards against unethical behavior, both by elected officials and non-elected officials. And I think we need to spend more time looking at that. I'm not sure we have that time, uh, unfortunately, but I think that's a serious, serious, serious concern uh, that um, uh, our discussions last meeting only scratched the surface. And also, again, I don't want to be wedded to one paradigm approach, one paradigm approach. I think there are other areas that we can improve upon that may be cost-effective uh, and may be, um, um, may be more targeted, but can yield, I think, important benefits uh, in terms of enhancing the credibility uh, of, of local government. Uh, Ms. Hastings. Um, I am interested to know, Patty, um, how did others, and, and maybe this was presented and I forgot it, but uh, I'm interested to know how did other cities make the decision, like San Francisco? They didn't, I doubt it was, I don't think it was through any charter review committee or something. It wasn't similar to our situation. So I'd be curious as the cities that have recently converted to, or adopted to this IRV system, what was the process that they went through? Because, you know, maybe we recommend to the city council that a different body evaluates this or there's a different process. And it, aside from ourselves. If we think it's an idea that has merit and but needs further consideration, I, I would be curious to know how other cities got from here to there. Okay, I, I think there is some background information on that. We can bring that to you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Tapio. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. I just wanted to concur with Mr. Johnson's um, assessment and his concern. Um, I'm also concerned about giving short shrift to some of these very important topics, both instant runoff voting um, and the Ethics Commission. Um, with instant runoff voting in particular, I've got a million questions, uh, and I'm just really concerned that we're not going to have enough time to get all the answers to the questions we have uh, to make a really informed decision. I mean, it could be absolutely the best thing that this city's ever had if we adopt it. Or it could be a total disaster. I don't know. But regardless, it's going to have a significant impact, and I think we just really need to vet it. And um, I think it's just so new that we just really have to ask the probative questions. And I, I hate doing that kind of in the dark or, you know, with our backs up against the wall. 
I, I really agree with that. I, I did, you know, there's strong feeling, very strong, articulate feelings on each side of those that issue, and I, um, it's going to be a difficult one. Dr. Newland. Rantlin and Chris have stated the view. Okay. Okay, this will be on this, this issue of sunset or continuing, either on a modified basis or continuing, will be on the agenda on the 16th, right? Whenever the second meeting is, is that the 16th or the? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you, uh, committee. That was a uh, good discussion. Public comments at this time? Jim, is there anything you want to say? <laughs> Ann? Okay. Um, committee ideas? Have none? Okay. Um, motion to adjourn. Okay. All in favor? We're adjourned. Thank you.